Hi, my name's Tina Waldrum. I'm the host of this podcast. This show is all about giving you, the listener, actionable insights to share your faith. I interview church leaders and congregation members alike to gain some understanding that both you and I can implement to share Jesus. Every week I work hard to locate and interview someone who can share their experience. Can you do me a favour? Would you mind sharing today's episode with one or two people that you know? One or two people that would be encouraged, that would be helped by today's content. Just copy the link and send it on via text or email. I'd love to see more people encouraged to share their faith. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum and today I'm speaking with Cam Buchanan, who's a senior minister out at Mount Gambia Baptist Church and also heads up the amazing podcast, Devotions in the Deeper End. We are talking about how to position yourself for evangelism. Welcome to you, Cam. Thanks heaps. It's so great to be part of this. Cam, of all of the years I have known you, I'd got to say that you definitely are a person that knows how to position yourself for evangelism and you have a great love. I'm fascinated how you do that and be the senior minister of a church. So how important is it to actually consider being in the right position for evangelism? Oh, for me, it is deeply important. I work in a environment and a profession that is, it's not as trusted as it once was in the uh, in the public sphere. And uh, I guess I just um, want to be seen in my community, noticed, known by name, known as a character. Uh, and I want to uh, present myself as constantly uh, approachable and, and interruptible in the way I live my life. And, and I can only do that if I'm intentionally present and, and I have to be really intentional about it because otherwise I hide in offices and do things that people don't quite understand. So it's better the the community sees me for you know, a more open book than that. <laughs> That's such a great way to put it. I could be hidden in an office, but let's be honest, I think a lot of people that are involved, employed in the ministry, so to speak, can feel that. But also just every everyday people like myself that I'm not working in a church office uh, these days, but you still can get trapped in your own walls and not being intentional. So what goes through your mind when you're thinking about, I need to be intentional, I need to position myself out there, and and what do you actually do? It's a habit now, so I, part of it I think, part of it I don't, <laughs> and that's the beauty of habits. You get to a place where you don't really have to overthink the process anymore. You you just do. Um, you start out with a habit by grappling with why you do what you do, and then it just naturally comes to you, and and you just set yourself some rhythms, and they they just uh, fall into place. Uh, and that's what I found for myself. I have uh, days through the week. I have times of every day almost where the community is going to see me in the public sphere, and that was accelerated a bit more during COVID. Uh, there were only so many places you can be because of all the lockdowns and things like that. Uh, although in South Australia, we didn't have the limitations to the same degree. But there were places I could position myself every day and people would be able to um, you know, speak to somebody that they could depend on to be there every day. And conversations when it comes to evangelism kind of happen piece by piece and you need to be there frequently enough for that those pieces to join together into uh, useful sentences that end up to something down the track. Oh my gosh, I am smiling like a Cheshire 
cat listening to you because I just love, I, I feel like you're my male counterpart over there in <laughs> South Australia with the same type of brain. I love it. Tell me about this golf positioning talking about positioning yourself there is a bit of a story i understand about you and and golf yeah i've only started playing it with any sense of seriousness since i've uh, moved to this town and that's be it started out because uh, a handful of guys in the church here uh, like to play and uh, i had an old set of clubs that i picked up at an op shop years ago um, I'd had a couple of rounds in other places I'd lived, and um, and I remember one terrible round in Western Australia that just oh, just I kind of vowed I'd never play the game again. However, I've developed this real interest in the game again, and and I've gone and you know paid the money, bought clubs, starting to get lessons and things like that, and I still play atrociously. I'm terrible. My middle name is Divot, and if you're a golf fan, you'll get what I mean. But I um I, I have found myself uh, getting into that community more and more by um, just showing up every Saturday morning for the competition they run, even though I'm a high handicapper and I'm pretty bad at it. And the office, the, the guy in the office who has seen me around a fair bit, I'm there every day uh, having a go and, and learning how to play the game. And, and I've intentionally been at some of the events, uh, some of the football players coming through, things like that. And so I'm being seen and even the management are noticing my regular presence there. And I've basically just said, listen, can I just get into the competition and just you guys pick where I will play, who I will play with. As long as they can tolerate my atrocious playing, um, I'm happy to, to join any group and I will play with whomever you put me with. And that's my that's one of my Saturday habits now when I'm in town and when I'm able to have that space. A great way to be present and being intentional to join something like that and, and be there, be committed Tell us the story that happened there recently that you're really able to be in the right place at the right strategically placed time. Yeah, well, that, and this is still um, forming, you know, uh, but uh, only a few weeks ago, there was unfortunately a, a local guy who, um, who was on a golf trip um, up uh, somewhere else and uh, it made the news that this guy had had a medical episode and in his 40s passed away a and it was a bit of a shock. Uh, and just, you know, he was a known guy in the community. He was uh, a, a bank manager, and, and, and this is local knowledge. People know this. You know, it's a small town. People know this stuff, and, and it happened around about a Thursday, and the following Saturday I'm playing uh, golf, and, yeah, just the impact that it had on the, the group that I was playing with and just a few groups before and after, um, guys who were of a similar age group, and and just all of a sudden, uh, comments about mortality, comments about uh, you know just the you know, reality of of you know you know people are going to die, and 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 this guy was younger than me, uh, and younger than all of us at the tee box, uh, and it was a bit of a sobering time to kind of uh, be there, but also help them to be a sounding board and sort of you know be reflective as much or as little as they needed to be about the situation. Uh, so all I did was uh, walk the course um, and answer questions, didn't initiate anything, and just made myself present uh, for them to be able to to uh, speak and you know, at times when they wished to. Uh, and then that was followed up even just last week. It was, the funeral had been and gone and there were still people reflecting on that. And uh, just being there, being consistently present uh, allows you know, you know, them to sort of let their guard down and, 
speak into those things. And I, I know there's going to be a series of questions and thoughts and reflection on that for at least the next few weeks uh, with that particular moment. Yeah, fantastic. And so great that there could be a person of peace, someone from the kingdom, so to speak, there in that process, which wouldn't have happened had you kept yourself in your church office, so to speak. Yeah, or stayed in bed on a Saturday morning, getting, you know, catch up my sleep in and that sort of stuff, or get caught up in my garden or all the other things that I've got on my list to do. Just actually making that time is so worth it. Yeah. Why do you think it is, Cam, that a faithful presence, you use that terminology quite a bit, not just a presence, but a faithful presence. Why is that just so impactful in Australian culture now? I'm learning in recent years uh, the idea of making the area that, I, that I'm in uh, something that I really take hold of and own. And the inspiration that I'm drawing from is, is this idea of what a parish is. And, and uh, the concept of parish that I've been introduced to is that um, it's an area that is uh, small enough to do most of your life in, small enough to live, work, play, and that sort of stuff. But uh, actually, it's big enough for you to do that, but it is small enough for you to be a known character within that little space. And for me, right up to the golf course to where I live, my sphere is probably about three or four kilometres. But most of my everyday life is within one kilometre when I think about it. And so I've just really made it my mission as such to really be faithful in that one kilometre radius and and turn up at the same places, be a non-anxious presence, uh, know the names uh, and learn the stories of the people that are in that space. Uh, and uh, people are going to walk in and they're going to find me seated at the same seat at the coffee table. Uh, they're going to um, find that I've remembered their names. I actually have a file in my phone of all the people I interact with and their stories uh, so that when I see them, I can call it to memory because uh, my memory is not good. Uh, but yeah, we people are going to find me in the same places and they're going to know my name. I'm going to remember theirs. And um, and the conversation about about Jesus will come up, um, but it has to be drip fed to them as we go and as much as they are willing to engage. And you can only make that happen if you're there long enough and faithfully so. So I don't just join things to use a um, that throwaway missional line. I'm just there to be missional. No, I'm actually praying and I'm intentional so that when I'm in a space, I'm actually looking for what Jesus is already doing before I get there. And, and and seeking to merge with that once I get a chance to see what it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I just love and thrive on this conversation. Um, you used a fantastic uh, two-word throwaway there, three words, a non-anxious presence. I really want to know what you mean by that. If you're turning up and you're being intentional, you're positioning yourself for evangelism, what is a non-anxious presence? It's the one that's the voice of calm you know, in the middle of crisis. Through COVID, uh, I was able just to sit calmly and have a coffee at the front of one cafe that was open because all the others had closed. And just everybody who was walking through and reflecting on what they were going through, uh, I was able to go, it's okay, we can get through this. And, and, and people were just like, why are you so calm in this? And, and obviously, why are you calm? Well, we got Jesus, we got the Spirit. Oh, come on, the answers to that are open-ended. And you've got to pick the right strand to go on with the different people that you're with. Uh, A couple of years ago, you may recall, particularly in Melbourne, there was a massive accident on the Eastern Freeway um, where a police officer had been struck down. 
this particular coffee shop is right across the road from the police station here in Mount Gambia. And it was a sobering thing because that happened in the evening. In the morning, the, all the flags were at half-mast outside the police station. And a, an officer was lowering all the flagpoles at that moment as I was pulling up. And I actually just walked in and, and I was, uh, the ca- cafe staff know me well. And I said, listen, can I just um, pay for half a dozen police officers for their coffee? They are going through the ringer and I just saw the half-mast thing. Let, let me do something compassionate. It was just something God told me to do. You know, just, just pay for some coffees. And so I did. And next thing you know, an officer goes in to do a bulk pickup and he, and he came out deeply moved by that. Uh, and I was able to say, hey, listen, I, I saw the half-mast stuff. I saw you guys, you guys be doing it tough. Hey, you're traveling. And it was just that moment where he could be vulnerable and, and, and sit down and go, you know what? That's, it, it was really hard for me to take in and then let the conversation go on from there. So yeah, there is just things like that that, are, that I can do um, and, and be calm and be present. And just just a listening ear, um, not having all the answers, but having poise in the midst of uh, crises that pop up along the way. And that can be a mixture of things. Some people are diagnosed with different things. COVID, of course, has been a big thing. Um, accidents on the freeway, other stuff. It all comes up. And, and if I can be a, a calm voice and, a, and someone who can say, listen, I'm praying for you. I don't have all the answers, but I know the one who does. He and I'll do business on your behalf. It's just that sort of thing. You know, if I'm calm and if I can um, be a person who has peace, eventually, you know, what's Peter say? You know, when people see hope in you, they're eventually going to ask about it. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love it. And you're so real and so relatable, you know, just hearing your stories. I can see those policemen, you know, responding really well and as you're just calm and that non-anxious presence um, I want to ask you another question, but first of all, I just want to say thank you for your own podcast that you released, um, Devotions in the Deep End. Who in their right mind goes through the New Testament in 15-minute chunks? Well, you did. You are, and that's amazing. So I want to thank you for that. That must take you a lot of work. So thanks for thinking of others. That really ministered, didn't it, to people during COVID? Tell me a little bit about that story. Yeah, we have a local uh, Christian radio station. And uh, a lot of churches who were uh, smaller you know, in you know, in town had to kind of close, or um, and and they were the station was actually quite good in that time. They, uh, the the a few ministers were able to do a morning breakfast program on a Sunday morning, and and so their congregations could kind of tune into that, and they could talk about all sorts of matters of Christian living and that sort of thing. Um, and and I was part of a Sunday afternoon program there as well, so we talked about all sorts of Christian living things as well. Sometimes Christian stations can be a bit hit and miss with what you're doing, but we had a real chance to be very deliberate over that time and very forward with faith and, and uh, speak all sorts of um, you know sense and, and non-anxious presence even in that space. When you've got all the conspiracy theories and the other stuff getting out there, being a unified church voice uh, for that season, you know, using the airwaves to be able to go, you know what, this isn't the mark of the beast and all these other things that you've been, you know, you might have heard on, you know, this is just life god's not shocked by this and we can look to him even in the midst of this um and and it was a really good time for those sorts of things but my podcast became a part of that process uh i had some time on my hands as we all did and this became my iso baby and i just decided to have a go with something and uh yeah they 
that that station uh, made it their curriculum for uh, the Sunday mornings for for uh, quite a while there, and uh, some other radio stations are looking at it now, and um, and it's being listened to all over the world. So it's a yeah, it's a bit of something that started as a bit of fun and is something that's continuing. And I'm you know episode seventy five just gone. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> yeah, well done, and I just want to appreciate that so much. I know how much work it is to pull these off, so. Thank you. Let me ask you one more question. I know I'm just conscious of our time here today. What do you think stops people like myself, yourself, people that are following Jesus basically from positioning ourselves correctly for evangelism? Would there be two big things that we really need to question ourselves about? Yeah, there's two things I would say is that uh, you just have to make time. We can be ghosts in the machine of life real fast and, and life is just so crazy and there needs to be a little bit of intention, intentionality uh, when it comes to doing this. You know, just being mindful of where we are, what environment we're in and how people around us are. And God is already in the world reconciling all the world to himself in Christ and, and he calls us into what he's already doing. And if we are seeking to, you know, seeking his will and, and being intentional, you actually see things happen. But if you're not intentional, you'll see nothing happen. Uh, so yeah, just making time, making conscious space in your heart and mind um, at least a couple of times a week in places that you find yourself can be a really good rhythm to set yourself in. Uh, the other thing is simply just um, hiding behind the idea that you don't have anything to say. Uh, I believe every believer has a story of Jesus to tell. And you will have a story about Jesus that will merge with the story of somebody that you meet in your community. And, and if you again, if you're intentional and listening to the Spirit, he'll show you who that person needs to be. So never hide behind the idea that, oh, I just don't have all the right words to say. Most times, I don't have the right words to say because the world is so different in how it thinks and looks all the time and, and the world is changing and you never know what's going to come through the door. Uh, but we have the one who has the answers and he resides in us he guides us. He will show us how to go about doing this. And so don't hide behind what you don't know. Uh, lean on the one who does and uh, you will make something happen out of that. Absolutely fantastic. I love it. I love listening to you. I could listen for days and days. In fact, I love your heart for evangelism and I've known you for a long time. So I love your heart, Cam. Really appreciate it. I know we had Jen, your wife, on our show a while ago and I will connect that also in our show notes so that people can connect through and listen to Jen. The two of you are like raving, wonderful evangelists showing us how to do it in very normal and real ways. So I trust that for you listening today, you've got some great keys of how to position yourself for evangelism and that you can try some of those out. I hope it's a blessing to you. Cam, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Win Win Evangelism podcast today. If this was helpful for you, please share it with others so they can learn also. If you, your small group or your church would like to upskill more in personal evangelism, learn how it can be easy, natural and not forced, why don't you check out our online free sample course on missionwithgod.com forward slash free sample. I trust that our podcast and our online personal evangelism course can be a blessing to you. Thanks for listening and see you next time.